Hey world, welcome back to the Shape of a Star podcast where everyone has a story. We just need to shape it to the like, where the star or something like that. So today on our special Hot Topics episode, Hot Topics, remember, is an episode that I record and release out of order because there's relevant points and honestly just for fun. So today is June 12th, 2022. Many of you who've been around know that I record sometimes a year in advance in the logical order, but our special guest today has something cool to bring on and talk about. Someone that I've known for like years upon years now. So I'm just going to bring him on so we can just get crack a lacking and you people can learn all about how amazing this person is. So welcome, Kevin Voltage. Hello. Hello. <laughs> it has been forever. Yeah, it's been some time. Um, I don't know how long it's been. Like 2011 so when we graduated high school. And I guess that's 11 years, right? Yeah, 11 years. We missed the reunion. I don't know if there was one. There wasn't one. Did you see the whole thing? You're not on Facebook ever. Okay, so someone posted on Facebook, who was our class president? And poor, no one remembered. Uh, Was it Tori? No, it was Will Henry. It was Will Henry. (laughs) Actually, that's so funny that you're bringing that name up. Because I remember his, like, his campaigning and all that. And, like, he was... He was like the underdog because I remember other people were, were going for it. And all of a sudden, Will Henry, I mean, mainly because of his name. I feel like his name, like everyone started echoing it around the halls and uh, he became very popular because of that. Okay. I'm glad that you clarified that because I was like, I don't remember this guy before he became president. But then again, I did my best to avoid everyone I could in high school. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, everyone like hyped the underdog in that one, which was pretty cool. Like they gave him the chance. It seemed like he he really wanted it. And then other candidates, I I can't remember. I mean, uh, high school election, but I think other candidates were were going for like the classic popular contest. So I think Will Henry, you know, he had a good run. Yes, but. Yeah, so we were on Facebook. We were all like, who? Well, not me. Everyone was like, who's supposed to be? Because everyone's just started adding everyone they remembered into a Facebook group. Like, when's our reunion, guys? And I was like, I'm not going. I don't care. Um, but it was funny to see, like, everyone be like, try to remember who the president was. And Will's like, it's me, guys. And everyone's like, okay, Will, well, where is it? And he's like, uh, it's a pandemic. We'll wait till next year. But he got married, like, a week ago. Oh, <laughs> so nice. I doubt he's actually been planning it. Yeah. Um, so my wife, she she tried to help plan the uh, the reunion for her high school. And there was a whole like team of people around that reunion. And I think with the pandemic and all, they had to like make a lot of, they had to put a lot of work in, I heard. Um, and I don't know how it ended up being, but uh, I would love to, I would, I would go to the reunion. Like I would, I would definitely give it a shot to see everyone again. Um, did you uh, did you find out like if they are going to do it? Uh, I you know you're gonna make me post in there and like start a whole conversation. So <laughs> I, as far as I know, there is no word because surprisingly, people invited Tyler before me. Okay, is um so 
I'll probably I'll ask you about it afterwards. But like, is there a specific sp Facebook page for our graduating class? There is, but it was only to figure out the reunion. I could add you to it, but yeah, yeah, I I wouldn't mind checking it out. I mean, it's so interesting to think where everyone's been since high school. I, I think, you know, I don't have any like grudges with anyone from high school, so like it would all be like good energy and um yeah I, i'd hope the same for you I, I think like it's just interesting that like where where did everyone branch out to because you know i'm i'm living down south in florida and um i'm sure many other people have like taken some big travels like i've seen a few friends who've done uh like peace corps and such so oh, it's so yeah. interesting that like people have like branched out and like really just gone out into the world and then I'm very curious who who ended up sticking around, like, uh, well, basically like our hometown, like where where we went to high school. Um, a lot more people than I expected. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I I was thinking like everyone would just leave. <laughs> like our hometown is, it's not like so much like local stuff. Like there's not a lot of like local restaurants and whatnot. I think you have to get closer to the city to find that stuff so probably a lot of people went to the city but um i mean i liked our hometown i think like where we where we grew up is probably better than most any other place you could be like it's generally safe there's pretty good communities i mean there's a lot of like good families like going on there like my wife and i we, we've talked about moving back there too so that, that's probably another reason why i'm curious because if we were to move back like i would definitely reconnect with people from from high school and such well i wish you luck on that we had very different <laughs> high school experiences yeah i know everyone's got their own take on high school um but we all seem pretty good right now so that's good we did the best we could <laughs> exactly the cards you're dealt you do what you can Although if you do want a mini high school reunion, I'll keep you in the loop about that because you're not the only person from high school I've had on this show. <laughs> oh, that's cool. And I um, want to do like a group episode one day and be like, all right, bitches, let's, re let's remember. <laughs> yeah, I'm for it. Um, who, who was it? All right. So hold on. Let me pull up the list. Okay, everyone. So if you've been listening in chronological order, um, Tyler, the infamous Tyler, episode four. Um, <laughs> Kyle Monahan, episode eight. Oh, nice. Uh, okay, we may Kyle. be skipping down to Rachel Taylor, who is episode 32, which is not out yet by the time this will air. But okay. by the time you air, episode 30 will be out, so she'll be in a couple weeks. And then episode 37, like a few couple months after that, will be Jay Ruger, who you probably don't remember that name. I'll tell you later who it is. Letizia Sakpunu also came on episode 33. So yeah, just not too, too many, but enough to make a fun little round talk. Well, that, uh, how many uh, episodes have you done now? Um, it's so hard to remember because all the like the hot topic episodes, I don't put in numerical order. So I'm like, <laughs> uh. I think I've technically done close to 60. Like, I know it's over 55. Very nice, man. That, that's awesome that you've done that. I mean, 
consistency is such a, a big thing with like developing any goals that you have and to to build 50 episodes i mean that's good like anyone would know like that takes a lot of time and then like preparing interviews and such and preparing the conversations good job thanks <laughs> oh fun fact everyone this episode's kicking off season two nice so welcome world to season two um the intro is the same not much has changed uh we're still talking what do you do but this is not about me or the show or the people we knew in the past this is about you so oh <laughs> let's focus back to kevin <laughs> <laughs> so kevin first up is something i always like to ask people that i've known forever is do you remember how we met uh it was probably in Paige daly's class or what was your name it was it was english class i feel like mm -hmm. okay i thought we met before then but maybe it was then probably um because i went with the first memory is i remember that english class there's a lot of people we knew in there and like michael and was sierra in that class because i remember i feel I like that's how i got to know was. you was through sierra and like angelo was uh dating her at the time and you're right and and you guys were friends and i remember you guys were practicing in her backyard and i think that's where i don't know that that's probably like an earlier memory too now than just english class but i think somewhere along the line well sierra didn't move to our school until that year so right i think like junior year or something like that wow you have such a vivid memory of it because i'll be honest i asked this question because i don't remember so <laughs> actually I, i'm glad you commented on my good memory because sometimes i feel like it's not so good but um i appreciate that i guess no so problem. something stick i can have like a photo memory of of certain things oh this also leads right into the next question too what's high school like for you because everyone else that's come on here has talked about what our high school has done okay uh, high school was great i liked high school i experienced a lot and it was really nice because growing up i i skateboarded all the time i think i skated most every day and then uh i would practice music most every day and in that sense like i would be in my room with my guitar or my bass and i my parents got me this like stereo system so i could plug in my ipod uh the first ipod touch i remember i that one i still have that today but i would put like the punk playlist on and then i would just play to that and sing and like practice so that with my band at the time in with the old uh so that we could like play shows and um i remember i was recording a demo even at that time and high school was really good for just like i had like really good friends and you know shout out to you know mike and angelo and all the other people that i hung out with along the way skated with and uh played music with and then um i didn't really go to many like high school events as much like i, I did like the major ones like homecoming game and 
um, homecoming and prom and, and such. And it was a lot of fun. And yeah, I, I really enjoyed some of the teachers that I had too. I think one thing, <clears throat> one thing that's always been like special is getting to know professors and teachers because like, obviously they exist in that realm to like give you some uh, advice along the way to like give you some lessons about life, not just about like biology, but uh, definitely a shout out to Dr. P who, do you remember Dr. P? I don't know if you ever had the honor of learning. I never had Dr. P, but I've heard much. (laughs) Yeah. uh, He was, he was my biology teacher for a few biology classes that I took because originally I was going to go for being a doctor mainly because I watched Scrubs. <laughs> like, wow. I, I switched my pathway because that's probably not the way to be a doctor by being influenced by a show, but it's certainly one aspect of being influenced to do something with your life. I mean, it's pretty cool. I'm, I might get into a tangent, but I'm going to stick to the idea that uh, certain teachers made high school really nice because they made the classes pretty like um tolerable i think learning wise i did not like i did not like to do homework i just i when i got home from school i would rather do anything else and i I think everyone could probably say the same thing there's probably a handful of people who like love doing homework but um i just wanted to like play music and skate and explore that more and in high school, I was just kind of going through the motions with the classes, still thinking about what do I want to do with my life? But then like, okay, I have to plan my next semester. And I don't know, my, my mind goes in a thousand different directions all the time. So I never really took the time to think about what classes I should really take the next semester. It was more about what the school counselor would recommend, you know, when we would do that periodic meeting. Cause I never actually went on my way to see the counselor, but I think we had to do like a forced checkup interview. And um, I actually really liked it. Cause I think, I think that was Miss Paige Daly. And I think she was very nice. Um, yeah. Also, fever dreams of memories flooding back to me. You made sushi for class one time or a couple times. I did. That's cool that you remember that. Um, was that for the English class? Yeah. Yeah. See, that was a fun class. See that. Um, I think her name was Miss Page or whatever, but I remember she was just very cool and very welcoming. So when those things were able to happen because of like, a teacher being very cool about potlucks and such. And yeah, um, me and my friend, Mike, we would make sushi in high school and that was awesome because I always wanted to learn. So, you know, thankfully there's YouTube, (laughs) you can learn anything just by searching for it and then watching a tutorial. So I, I learned how to do like the rolling. My sister had a bamboo mat that was meant for her, her lamp when she was at school. Um, and I just found that in a cupboard and, you know, you just use that, you use some clear wrap. And as long as you have the right materials, it's really easy to do. Um, and it's awesome because while you make it, you eat it and you end up making 10 to 20 rolls 
it's 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 good stuff so it was fun to share that with the class too um you know seemed like everyone was pretty healthy afterwards and no one got sick so that's always good yeah that is a good point <laughs> i just remember that class i wasn't a huge fan of the class it wasn't because of the t- it was just the p- group of people in there it wasn't bad but remember how there was only like four girls in the whole class um i don't i i thought like that class was more well mixed but i guess not i i think i was too busy playing pokemon because i think pokemon black came out that year and i remember me and some other guys like warner or Traymon. i remember we got into pokemon and then mike did too so i would like play that during class like a like a true rebel and um yeah, I, I guess I didn't really pay too much attention. Wow. Look at you. <laughs> we sat on very opposite sides of the classroom. So it makes sense. I had no idea what you were up to over there because I was like living my life in the back. Uh, <laughs> all right. But so this is a good segue. Once you left our high school, you went to JMU, the prestigious school it is. So how did you choose slash survive there? Because I have so many opinions. (laughs) Yeah. uh, My, my, my two sisters went to JMU. So I kind of grew up visiting JMU time and time again. And um, the campus is very beautiful. I have, honestly, I have only good things to say about JMU. I can't, I can't think of anything that I would really critique this school for because the environment that they have. It's just a very beautiful campus. Their quad is a great place to be. I spent a lot of my time with a slack line out there on the quad and I was able to meet so many people. And the nice thing is JMU has a lot of people that are okay to just have conversations with and very down to earth people. It's not so Greek life heavy. And for me, you know, I'm a I'm a GDI, as they called it, a independent, if you will. And so I, I never wanted to get into like fraternities or anything. Uh, I eventually got into the environmental club and I became president of that club for three years. And um, that's where I found a lot of my community, too. I think JMU was very welcoming to just a, a very diverse group of people and the programs that I was into, I started out engineering and then I switched to graphic design and industrial design. Um, I did, I definitely wanted a more creative life and, um, engineering was really good. It was very difficult for me towards the, the later classes. So I think that it was like difficult, but it was also just like not within my soul to do those kind of things. I think um, it's definitely for a lot of people, but I I think what I found with my life is I got to, whatever I'm going to do with my time, it's got to be in line with my soul. I I just want to exist being myself. Whatever I do, I want to be, I definitely want to be me and whatever, how cliche that sounds. It's just, I, I definitely, 
I can't do anything else because then um, it's either God telling me or it's myself telling me that like this is not right. And then I can't help but just like stew on that thought until I fix it. Uh, to finish with JMU though, really awesome school and good food and being in the mountains there. I had some like trips in the mountains, like just hiking. And um, that's where I met my wife basically is like through um, like camping and such. And so I, I joined an organization called Safe Rides. Big shout out to them because that was a really go good organization that was like based around uh, drunk driving prevention. Did you ever hear about Safe Rides? Yep. Cool. Yeah. Uh, that was awesome because on the weekends you would give free rides to students on the way home or like from parties and such. And then we would rent out these rental minivans and then give people rides home. And um, ultimately that's how I met my wife today. And it's uh, very grateful for everything that JMU brought. Yeah, uh, I was on those excursions a few times. Well, technically I was on the drunk bus, but I don't know what the actual <laughs> cult bus name is. I just I don't either. Bus 13, maybe? No. I don't drink. I've never really drank. So I was just like on the bus just because it was convenient. And I was like, oh, shit, everyone's drunk on here. <laughs> and then my friend that was local to JMU was like, yeah, this is the drunk bus. I'm like, oh, whoops. Oh, well. <laughs> that was a crazy bus. Uh, Friday and Saturday. I remember I only went on those that bus like freshman year. It was just, I mean, it's it's what you expect. I mean, it's definitely the name. Like I, those poor bus drivers. I hope they got paid like at least a little extra for having to deal with young, rambunctious college kids. <laughs> and that was the thing when I got on the bus, everyone was just passed out. I was like, oh, this is like <laughs> dead energy here. Whatever. Uh, but. So the question now is, how did you end up from the mountains to all the way down in swampy, sunny Florida? Yeah, uh, I have to be frank. It was Disney. So I, I've always been a, a, a big fan of Disney. I grew up watching the movies, um, goofy movie, big inspiration to me. And um, yeah, I heard that there is these creators at Disney called Imagineers. They're basically, you know, the, the creative people who make a lot of what you see at Disney. And yeah. I've always wanted to be one of those. Um, I didn't know like what exactly, like I was like, Oh, I just want to like make the rides and coming to Florida. I, I did the Disney college program, which for anyone who ever has heard of it or has not heard of it, it's a really cool program. You just like, it's called an internship, but you're basically working at Disney for like six months and you live at their complex that they have for the people there. So it, it feels like freshman year again. Um, but in a really good way, like it's very, in a way it's wholesome. Uh, I mean, people still party and whatnot, but like you're at Disney. So you work at Disney and then on your time off, you go to Disney. And so Disney world is just, there's so much to do there. There's so much going on there. And, um, that's what ultimately brought my wife and I down. Cause she did the program as well. And, um, 
I, we learned a lot from it. And since then we've been like back and forth to Florida and it's been really good. Just, I don't know, enjoying the state. I think, um, Florida, it's really hot, but you just don't go outside from like 12 to five o'clock in during the summer. Cause it's just, it's, it's really hot. It's very humid. August is like crazy hot, but um, yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. I, and I worked at like Epcot. I worked at animal kingdom. Um, I've served my time there and I've worked eight hours directly in the sun before. Like the, that's, that was a common thing for a good while. And um, I mean, I've, I've gotten used to it. And then we picked up a lot of good stuff here along the way. I think when you move to a new state, especially you have to fend for yourself in a way. I mean, you, you have to survive, but survival also means creating a community. And I think that's really important for anyone is to experience what that's like to like form a community in your own way. And it's such a gro growing experience, finding where you can fit in, in a new place. And for us, we ended up joining Disney. Disney World has these like sports leagues for their uh, cast members. And so we ended up joining a volleyball league and everything just kind of like unraveled from there. And once like, it was all based around the sports that we like found people because we're very active. So when it came to like playing sports, it was very easy to like talk to people because the ice was already broken per se. And um, yeah, that, that led to a lot of opportunities to meet new people. And then we made some friends along the way and um, where we've lived, all the places that we moved to around here. Um, it's been really good. You know, we've, we've learned a lot about Florida and the city we live in. And um, I definitely recommend if anyone's interested in Florida to give it a try because it's, it's a vacation state. So you always feel like you're on vacation. So if you want that kind of lifestyle, I definitely recommend it. We're actually, we're, we're probably going to move soon um, because it is like, it does feel like vacation all the time. So I think we need to like buckle down and be somewhere where it's more productive, but um, also like where our, our dreams and whatnot can fit too. I think, Florida being the way it is a vacation state, uh, there's definitely a lot of environmental waste. And with that just comes a lot of apathy. I think when you go on, when people go on vacation, there tends to be a lot of waste and um, that's not really good for the community. There's not a lot of like, because it's a lot of tourists all the time, then you get, a lot of waste and you get a lot of people just coming in and out. And then because it's people from all over the place, you have a lot of different driving styles and the, you know, the traffic here is pretty crazy. That's one thing <laughs> that's pretty wild is like, everyone's got a different driving style, especially a lot of people from the UK come here. So I was just to say you have international travel being right by Disney. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of diversity here, which that that's really cool. It's just, it's a certain type of diversity. It's not like you're going to get to know all these people. 
you're just existing for a very short time with these people from all over the world. And for many people, they're just thinking about their own vacation and their own itineraries, which I get that because you're spending a lot of money. Um, but that can cause a lot of apathetic decisions to happen. And therefore that can cause some trouble. So I think Look we just, Hawaii. <laughs> Oh yeah. We, we have thought about Hawaii. Actually, I think one day that would be really awesome to do that. Um, oh, I meant the whole natives, like having the apathy of tourism, but tourism is really what drives the area kind of deal. You're right. That's true. I know like Hawaiians do not like the tourism. Um, and that's, that's probably its own conversation on its own. And cause I, I can certainly understand like how tough it is when everyone from all over the world's coming in and doing touristy things, but like leaving trash in the wake and all that. I, I'm, I'm big on like being environmental, how I can, um, certainly learning all the time to like practice being more environmental. Uh, but I definitely don't want to forget my roots, especially since JMU. Uh, we definitely, I don't know, being in the environmental club, I think my, my biggest mission when I was president was to teach people to pursue yourself, like do what you want to do, do what makes you happy so that in the end, it's kind of like the in out thing where if you bring happiness to yourself, you will bring happiness to the world. And so we always did activities that were geared towards like self-development in a way it was like a self-development organization. But I, I think that was a very important thing towards helping the community too. Cause yeah, we did like trash cleanups. We did um, recycling drives and whatnot. And I remember Saturday mornings we would go to people's apartments. We'd just knock on their doors and ask for their cans so that we could properly recycle it. And then um, we were going to like see about getting money for the recycling so we could raise it for the club. But I don't think Virginia is, they didn't, we couldn't find a place that would pay us for. Oh candy. yeah. That's the thing. Cause when I moved from New York down to Virginia, I was like, okay, everyone like uh, go make your 10 cents per can, but that's not a thing in this state. Yeah. I, I wish they would have that incentive. Um, and there's another conversation is like recycling, like, the world is not developing its recycling as fast. So therefore a lot of our recycling practices are not effective. Like most plastic cannot be recycled. And I have this, I, I did, I do have this coffee here from this establishment. Um, and I don't know if this lid is recyclable. I mean, most of this product is paper, which I really appreciate. Um, this lid the texture, it feels like it could be broken down and then melted again. Like, um, like your pet plastic, like milk jugs that can be recycled. But most of your, like, let's say Dunkin' or Starbucks, if you get an iced coffee, they give you that plastic cup, that clear cup. That is crap. That is trash. And it's going to exist on this earth forever until we figure out how to deal with it. Um, I lost my point, but I think like overall, <laughs> I think I, Florida, I wish Florida was more environmental and I wish for many things, but I think overall we want to move to a place 
that has a little more community, um, a little more like family related community, just like where we grew up. I think where we grew up, our hometown, um, at the very least, it's like your classic suburban place. And um, I think eventually we're going to start a family and that'll probably be a good place unless we move to Boulder, Colorado, <laughs> which I always tease my wife about that. But I mean, uh, literally everyone's moving to Boulder, so wouldn't surprise me. I know there's a huge move to all those good places around the U S like the pandemic just made that very apparent that people are moving to the good places of the U S um, I don't blame people because that's what we've done too. I, I think like you definitely want to live in an environment that you feel, you know, welcomed in, or you feel like happy to be there. I mean, definitely like geographically, if you're a beach person, go to the beach. If you're a mountain person, go to the mountains. Um, and in whatever meaning that is, because I know some people like to vacation instead of living at the beach. And that's cool too. But I think it's definitely important to take matters in your own hands for what you want in life. And it seems like a lot of people are doing that more often these days. Nice. Yeah. But again, back to you. Um, so yeah, you. you go by Kevin Voltage to the world at large these days. That is not I how I have known you. So I want to know, how'd you pick the last name Voltage? I thought it was fun. And um, I figured for like some level of privacy, I should just use it a somewhat... Um, they call it a surname. Uh, yep. Yeah. I, I figured it'd be good just to do that. I mean, I, it's it's probably really easy to f figure out my real name, but like, you know, there's people like uh, Machine Gun Kelly, but his real name is like something else or like Eminem, but his real name is Marshall Mathers, I think. Something. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which, I don't know. I think I'd really just like... I love fun words, um, which is, it's just funny. It's, I just like, if, if a word like sounds really awesome, I want to use it in some way or like a good phrase. That's just like the artist in me. I, if I hear like some good poetic phrase, like I want to use it as a lyric or use it as a song title. Uh, I grew up loving um, explosions in the sky there's a instrumental band that really inspired me with a lot of things, but um, they are an incredible band. And um, I definitely pay homage to them with my newest album, Explosions in the Mind, um, but to give it a whole new meaning. And so Kevin Voltage, I, I like the way it sounds. And um, we'll see like, well, we'll see how long I keep it. I think, it's probably here to stay and it probably should stay because I probably shouldn't change my name like every year. No, it hurts branding. <laughs> yeah. We got to think about the branding and the business of things. Yeah. Uh, so picking a name is something that many, many, many people struggle with. Any advice for those who want to try? I think you find a word that sounds cool 
and you use it. Um, just like, I don't know, if you want to name, think of your persona. I mean, I, I guess I would say like, I'm an electric person. I have a lot of energy in many situations. So that kind of fit voltage to me. And then I just love electricity, like within the realm of Pokemon, I love electric type. Electabuzz has always been my my super favorite Pokemon and Magnet Mag, Magnemite, Magneton. Um, big fan of those like electric types. And so I've always empathized with those in the electric realm. And so the name fits. So I, I think if you're trying to find your own name, find your spirits and then find some words that sound really cool around that. Nice. Most that people you could do the, <laughs> Yeah, that or you could do the stripper name. This is like <laughs> your street street name and your favorite uh, dessert. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> one of the versions. Yeah, but uh, no, that was very good advice, actually. So now you keep mentioning your creativity. Now we're finally going to get into the creative questions. Woo! So how would you I describe your voice type? Um, honest, I think I don't have prior training with singing, but I've always loved to sing. And I, like I, like I mentioned earlier, I would, um, I would put my iPod on shuffle and then I would play my bass and guitar and sing to the songs in there. Usually it was like Bling Way 2 or Green Day or The Offspring. A lot of late 90s punk alternative is what i what i've always jammed to and always sang to so um when i sing i just it's i'm not trying to like have vibrato and like be crazy and you know i'm not trying to be um selena gomez i don't know that that was a really random reference i i, I haven't actually listened to her but <laughs> but I uh, I don't um, I don't practice much vocals other than just I practice vocals on a very like honest way. Like I sing however I can. I've I found my voice along the way, and I'm still practicing and still finding my voice um, along the way. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I think like within the realm of punk, there's just a lot of singers who just sing in whatever way they can just to get a message across. And that's that's what I always loved about the punk genre is that you don't have to be Celine Dion or you don't have to be a crazy good singer that um, that people so so much want. You just I think within punk and rock in general is like just sing how you want to, but get your message across that you want to. That was very nicely wrapped and put. All right. So <laughs> yeah. now that you described your voice, how would you describe your music? Music's very honest. Definitely tackling life matters in in many ways 
I love love songs. I love like relationship songs. Like that's that's a lot of like Blink One Eight Two, and a lot of music that I listened to growing up. But I think what's also very important is uh, everything else in life. You know, like um, let's see, like depression, addiction, uh, relationships, and yourself, like what you're doing with your your life kind of thing that's a lot of what my music has been it's always about just talking about life and wanting to tell people that i struggle too and that we really are all in the same we're all in the same like ocean with our little boats floating along and we're all just trying to make sense of our lives and we're also just trying to refine the imperfections that our life has brought upon us um no one no one grows up in a perfect situation like everyone's got some kind of fault and some kind of baggage that they bring along with them so like no one's safe everyone's struggling and so that that's one reason why i write a lot of the music is i definitely want to connect with people I don't want to tell people I'm like you and I struggle too. And it's okay because you're not alone. I think knowing you're not alone and that you have other people around you that can potentially be there for you. That's the most important thing. Like having a, a, a relationship with the world, you know, like if it was just you existing on this earth, it would probably be a little boring because Earth is excellent. Nature is awesome. But I think we really need people because being able to talk, like I was just thinking about this yesterday is uh, I was with a group of people and we were just, they had no furniture because they just moved into a new place. So we were like basically sitting on the floor, just talking, you know, that's all it really takes to have a good day. Sometimes it's just being in a room talking to people in person, like having all, like being able to look at them, um, like platonically looking into people's eyes and like seeing who they are. Cause like, that's definitely like a big part of like communicating with people is when you can see them, um, you're, you're getting this idea of who someone is, but like, it's, it can be such a cool and magical thing when you talk to people and, um, I think it's just very important to have connections. And so the music, music's like the closest thing we have to magic because it can elude such strong emotions and it can change your day in an instant, just like a conversation can. Uh, music is just so powerful. Um, it could fit your mood if you're like sad, angry, or you're happy and you just want to like jump like, music can do all that for you and it's so cool because it's also very intimate it can really bring you close to yourself or to the person who wrote the music or to something um like i wrote a song about family and i imagined a situation where if i were to like lose them how that would feel so i i would my hope is that like, if someone listened to that, that they would feel a connection. They would feel the need to connect with their family 
uh, knowing that life is finite, you know, we only have so much time on this earth and family, if you get along with them, or if you want to get along with them, like that's the most important thing is really your family and your friends and those you've met along the way, like it's so important to have connections and not just on a business level, but to say your heart with someone else is, is really special. And then your mind connecting with someone else in a conversation is special. That's what the music's that I've been writing is all about. Interpersonal relationships. Yeah. It was like life's currency is relationships. That's a good way to phrase it. Cause I try to describe that to people a lot, but life's currency. I usually say like memories too. I'm like, it's about memories. Sure. It's in the past, but that's what gets you through the shitty parts. <laughs> yeah. No, definitely. Like, cause you have that to dwell on. Like, if you're ever bored, you can just think of like a good time. And I could think of funny things that could brighten my spirits. So like pursuing good memories, you know, memories are past, present and future. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So you've released your first full album. Congrats. Thank you. That's what makes you the hot topic of this episode. Pew, 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 pew. You know, all those like noises. So let's go into all that crafting questionnaire stuff. So how long did it take to actually create this whole thing? Uh, I've been saying two years. It's almost, it's definitely a lot longer. I mean, it's been, I mean, cliche. It's been my whole, it's my life's work. (laughs) It's, It's all led up to this moment. But I mean, honestly, like it did take a lifetime to get to this part because I've struggled immensely with procrastination, kind of like what I was saying earlier, like my mind goes in a thousand different directions. So my goal the past few years has just been trying to like narrow in my focus to what really matters and putting this album together has been awesome because I got to do a lot of recording during the pandemic and that was that was really nice and needed because I could really narrow my focus during that time. So I just have like my home studio and I record the whole thing myself. Like the whole thing I just produced myself because I really wanted to learn the whole aspects of creating an album. And that even means like the album art I created and the mixing and mastering that happens at the very end of an album. I've had to learn that myself. And I did not realize how much editing I would do. Like I've probably listened to each of those songs at least 200 times. Like talk about obsession, but like I but think that's it's what you need to do. Yeah, yeah, you, you got to do that and like uh you know with editing videos, uh you probably understand like how how OCD you have to be about your craft. And like how obsessed you have to be with it in order to achieve a really pro- professionally sounding <clears throat> like product or looking product, I should say too. Um, so yeah, it's been about like two years writing the music um, with writing songs. It was always a matter of uh, a feeling 
usually it always starts with a feeling. It's like, I feel very passionate about this right now. And then usually like a keyword, like, like depression, you could say, um, there's so much that goes into depression. There's so many realms within it. And I know that everyone struggles with it, but like, I've had my, my, my spells of depression. I, I think like no one's safe from it. I think everyone's going to dive into that realm here or there because it's your body wanting some kind of change. And when your body's not seeing that change, you're going to, you're going to hit that depression spell. And um, yeah, it sucks. I, I think everyone goes into it, but I think it's worth noting that life does get better. Like as long as you put in the work and the effort to make some change, um, your life will get better. It's just when that stuff hits, like I think you should let it hit you however hard it's going to hit so that you can understand later how much you needed that, that moment. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I heard somewhere, I'm trying to think, um, I feel like it's the office that I'm going to quote, but it's like, um, hold on, let me, it's like, it's good to know what sadness feels like. So you know what happiness really is. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, um, what was I going to say? The album explosions in the mind. It's, it's all about the incredible, mechanisms that go inside our head like it's astounding and it's incredible the way our imaginations work like the imagination is like the greatest thing ever other than god <laughs> which god is basically our imagination in a sense and um i think it's amazing to it's worth celebrating so that's what the album definitely is it's a celebration of the imagination and um, what has come of it and personally what I've been able to make with my imagination and to really make it real, to pursue a craft with music, um, to get, to work with what God gave me per se, like with my abilities has been, it's been a challenge to like make it real, but I'm so grateful to have finished the album. And now it's, it's just out there in the world it's a matter of putting more work in now to like get it out to the people and like spread it too. Um, but it's been such a good process. Like I, I've played like online shows during the pandemic. I've played live shows too. And um, I love listening to the album. It, I don't know, like, I don't know how other musicians feel about their own music, but I, I just love my music. I, and I always thought, if I create something that I love myself, there's at least going to be a million other people who will like it too. And I've never really in design school, they taught us, you got to design for people. You got to, you got to, you have to have empathy in mind and you, you have, you got to design for your clients. And um, I'm all for that. I think it's very important. I think I just wish that they also taught, that you should design stuff that you truly love because there's like a few billion people on this earth, which is no one can really think of a billion things. 
Like that's that's crazy. Like a billion dollars. No one really knows how much that truly is. But um, if you design something that you love, if you do something that you love, there's there's definitely gonna be other people that will follow it. And so I think that's very important um, when you want to do anything in life. Cause I think if you think about other people too much, it might take away from the originality that you are. Cause now you're designing for someone else and designing for their soul, which is all cool and all, but like you should create something that's authentically you because that's what's so special about this existence is you. Everyone's, amazing in their own ways and if we all did things that we thought was amazing we would have a more amazing world <laughs> so um the album is really awesome i i definitely am so grateful to have like got to this moment in life and it's such a long time coming and i look forward to you know what's going to happen next yeah. Um, so you did everything, as you've said, for this album, basically. So what was the hardest and what was the easiest? Um, the So I did like electric drums to, to perform on the album. I think like learning drums. I've always loved drums. I've just never owned a kit. But I came into an electric drum set and then drum programming too so what you hear on the albums it's all like electric drums but um yeah learning all that stuff how to do it and then perfecting it and i would say that's the hardest thing is perfecting a sound to make sure the timing's right i remember i first had audacity on my laptop when i first recorded a demo and it didn't have like a metronome on it, or at least I didn't learn how to properly use it. So I would record on my microphone, a metronome, and then I would try to play to that. And I even remember there was a delay at the time. And this is me being um, audio ignorant. <laughs> I didn't know how to really use the, the systems, but I may do with it. Like I worked with the delay and that, that ended up working, um, but that was all in preparation for this album where I really had to make everything in sync, uh, the timing of everything. And <clears throat> I mean, I learned how to work with so many different tools to make this stuff. And, and um, All righty. So next up is how did you learn how to edit and mix all that jazz? Yeah, it's a. Uh, Editing the music um, just takes a lot of listening and then just constantly questioning every little bit and piece of the process. Like if I'm working on a song, say like working on the song you, um, trying to get the vocals right for one, like recording that and then tweaking the vocals to be well blended with like the guitar the bass and the drums that was probably the toughest part is just <clears throat> if you tweak one thing usually you got to tweak the rest and that means like i gotta add more treble here or more bass here maybe add more reverberance so it sounds more spaced 
out and not just directly at your ear. Um, it, that was like such a, a long process. That was probably like the hardest process actually thinking about it is just mixing, making everything sound good <clears throat> was the toughest, really the toughest part. But then you work with the, what's called the EQ, which is basically just all like your levels and like in this graph, you just kind of tweak everything. Man, that was so difficult. <laughs> I just remember like so many, so many days and nights listening to the songs, trying to get it. And um, at first it was very discouraging because I, I had everything recorded. So I was like, all right, I'm all ready to release this. So I, I would tell people on social media and whatnot, like, oh, album's going to be done real soon. Can't wait. But then I would yeah, learn. Yeah, I saw all those posts. Yeah, yeah. And then I would learn like, oh, crap. I'm not actually done. And now I learned how to do this new thing. So now I have to apply that to all the songs. And this is like 11 songs. So whenever there's one change, it's usually 11 songs worth of changes that I have to work on. So that, that would take so long. And um, I was just always hopeful, like, oh, yeah. Definitely going to be done with the album soon and, and whatnot. But I always discovered something new. And that was like the biggest part of this all. This whole process was like learning how to do it all. And so um, the mixing and the editing. And then at the very end, the mastering, which was like the past three months. Um, that was hard, too, because it was just like trying to get the cleanest sound of the overall sound like the mixings with each individual track, but now the mastering is just the whole thing, which granted I would say is easier than editing and mixing, but um, everything had its challenges, but I've definitely like learned a lot. I know how a lot of things work now and I'm definitely grateful for like taking on the stuff myself just so I could like know how to do it, especially in the future if I end up, going to a recording studio, working with an actual audio engineer, I could really understand what they're trying to do. And then I can definitely help them understand what I would love to convey in the song. If you ever need someone, let me know. I know a billion. That's awesome. Yeah, I, probably um, the next steps are being developed as we speak. Um, but yeah. I'll definitely let you know. Yeah. Uh, actually, some have been on this podcast. Everyone go back and listen to the first episode um, <laughs> with Kirsten, Kirsten, however you say his name. I think it's Kirsten. It's supposed to be a cut off cursing, whatever. Oh, uh, nice. he's cool. He has his own studio. Whatevs. So nice. So your album is called The Existence, right? Or am I looking at the wrong things when I'm looking at the page? No, yeah, you're good. Um, so my band's name is The Existence, and That's then the album's okay. name is Explosions in the Mind. Okay, so what is The Existence in your point of view? The Existence is everything and everyone. Uh, is It's me and you. That's that's kind of like the big, the big thing of it all is like, I don't know, I don't know how this is gonna translate later down the line, because the scale of the existence is, it's infinite, 
So what does that what does that mean for the band? I don't know, but I definitely like I understand what I'm going for, and that's like a worldwide connection is what I would. It's definitely what I want. Like I definitely want everyone to get along. I definitely want our all our cultures to be preserved in a way so that we're a very diverse world. Like we don't need to all be the same, but we do need to be on the same page per se. Like we all need to exist together. We got to learn to exist together and we got to learn how to best exist on this earth so that we're not just taking from it. You know, like this all goes back to like my environmental presidential roots, but like um, the existence I definitely wanted to be vague in that way, just to say like, we are the existence. And when you listen to the band, when you, I don't know, there, there's gonna be so much more than just music, which is what I definitely like, I definitely wanna have many different styles of the existence. Like, it's just, it's a whole aura of things. It's a whole, um, I don't know, it's hard to really capture the existence because <laughs> it's just everything. But um, I want that band name. I wanted to create that name just to talk about the holistic view of our world and our place in this uni universe. And um, I couldn't think of a better band name personally, just because it is, it's everything and nothing at once. <laughs> I don't know. It's, I, I definitely would just, I want it to be something special because it's so special to me. And um, like I said, I, I don't know what'll come of it. And I don't want to become some like political figure out of it. I just want to better establish a connection with the whole world to say that, to say with my music and whatever else comes from it, that we all need to connect with each other and be on the same page that we want to exist together. We want to be healthy together. We want to be happy together. And I would like to be someone to push that idea um, love being at the forefront of it all. Nice. So now that we know what the existence is on the explosion of the mind and all that fun jazz, now it's time to pick your favorite baby. What's your favorite song? Uh, I can tell you that my favorite song right now is you. Um, you is that song I, uh, I wrote, intentionally for my wife um because I, I had i hadn't really written so many love songs before and because i always just I, I like to just sing about everything so this one was like a true love song and a rather honest one too because i wanted to it's not just like love is not so bubbly as it is as the movies make it um Love is a mix of everything, but it's like persistence. I think love is ultimately 
persisting through and um, keeping on, like carrying on through the hard times, but being grateful for everything that it is. And so um, you is just like the person that like to kind of quote it, like you're all I know, you made a choice to never let me go. You need to see, you make me smile. You're everything, you're worth the while. And then the chorus is, even after all the pain that we've had to endure, and then and all the arguments that led you walking out of the door kind of thing. Um, even though like you're everything I've always wanted, um, I definitely understand how hard it's been to get to where we are today. And that's ultimately like what the song's about is like, even though it's it's been a wild ride and it's been tough at times, it's always been worth it. It's always been worth the while. And like, that's such such a strong thing about love relationships in general. Yeah. Just what a nice synthesis. Wow. I don't know how I can't add to it. That was great. Okay. So <laughs> next up is, so now that you have the album released, do you plan on going on tour? Tour is something my wife and I talk about often because I don't really want to be away from her for a long time. And maybe that's, that's my dependency, <laughs> but <laughs> no, but I think like tour, I would definitely, I would definitely do a tour. I would definitely try it out. And um, right now it's me and my drummer and like, I'm still forming the full band because ultimately I want to play bass and sing um, but we are going to move soon. Um, so that is like an obstacle I have to tackle as well. Cause that, that will ultimately mean forming a new band of people. And, um, I think that has to happen first. I mean, obviously before like live shows, but, um, so far, like my drummer and I, we've been rehearsing. So we are planning on doing live shows, but no tour just yet. I think, we're going to, we're warming up to the whole process of it all. And ultimately I really want to do things independently. And I, I want to figure out how to do this in a unique way uh, while keeping tradition, which is like bands play shows, bands go on tour, bands do this and that. Like I definitely understand the effectiveness of all that and like why doing those things matter. Um, but I, I'm, I'm still figuring it out along the way and playing with my friend who's a drummer. Um, yeah, eventually we'll, we'll, eventually we'll be playing some live shows. So right now we're, we're rehearsing and getting ready to get out there. That's exciting. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No. Where, if you could just tour at a whim, on a whim, not at a whim, where would you want to go? I think DC, I think Washington DC is a, a hot spot for getting a message across. And I would probably play a few shows in that area. Um, you could call it like a mini tour, but I think like Northern Virginia, there's a lot of 
there's a lot of places to play there. And there then, is. Yeah. And I, I've, I ju- we just ran into, we were visiting DC and we ran into a friend from JMU. His name's Ethan. He's a really good guy. And uh, he's always been like super like positive and a really good force. And we just saw him on a whim. He like approached us and it was like, it's been years since we saw him, but right off the bat, he was like, y'all, y'all need to move to DC, man. This is where you need to be. And then um, I was talking about my music and all that. He was like, oh yeah, like the scene is excellent here for rock. Like you definitely got to get out here and, and come play and whatnot. It's just, it was very serendipitous and very, um, fateful it just felt like um I, I i get i do get spiritual so i'm gonna say like it just seemed like god was talking through him and i felt that connection because um uh i'm not i'm not crazy religious but i definitely know that there's something in the universe like connecting all of us there's something working to help us individually and collectively so uh it just seemed like a very cool universal moment um and i think touring around dc and then i would love to go play a show in like new york city i would love to play in la i would love to play in denver like the mecca of all places that i want to play in my life i want to play at red rocks in denver uh have you been there no <laughs> i just know that everyone on earth is moving to colorado <laughs> yeah i know it's a really beautiful place especially when you get closer to the rockies but um red rocks amphitheater in denver is like a true spiritual place for musicians like they got this john denver statue of him like holding a, a eagle or something. And it's just, it's really awesome. And to anyone that gets to play there, like what an honor that is because they built this, I think the CCC built it back in the depression era. Um, I mean, damn, it's just so such a good place to be and to play there would be an honor. So I, I think tour there, New York city, LA, um, Seattle, because they have like a good rock scene. I think it'd be fun to hit up the major cities. And then here in Orlando, I- I'd be down for that too. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, there's a good punk scene because I just went to a Newfound Glory concert. Um, and I, you know, when I went to that concert, I was like, these, these are my immediate people that would listen to my music and whatnot. So uh, it would be cool to play here too. No, I know which venues you should go to when you're looking for Northern Virginia, DC area too. Oh, nice. Okay. I will drop all the names of all the things that you need to contact and who blah, blah, blah. Oh, heck yeah. Thank you very much. I, I would definitely love to talk about that further. No worries. You know how to reach me. But again, <laughs> more about you we're on a time crunch <laughs> okay so you described yourself as a creative and holistic on the intake thingy i make everyone do it's not a secret everyone knows it 
that everyone fills it out. So we see the creative side, obviously, but let's talk about the holistic side. What makes you holistic? So if I understand it, holistic is like big picture thinking, right? Holistic is a lot of different things, actually. And that's why I wanted to pick your brain about it, because it's like a philosophy. It's a psychology. It's a way of life. It's like practices. Like, I'm into holistic medicine. I'm into holistic this or that. Like, it could be literally so many things. So oh, okay. let's just synthesize it in the one question. What does holistic mean to you, then? <laughs> nice. Well said. Uh, I think, okay, so what it, what it means to me, it, it feels like big picture. So like the existence is like holistic to me. It's just, it's everything all at once. It's like the entire cosmos of things. Um, I like to think holistically because everything matters. Like the air I'm breathing right now is probably from Asia, you know, like that there's no doubt that we're all, drinking the water from each other's uh lakes and oceans you know we're we're all sharing this world together and there's no way that we're not because there's currents in the air there's currents in the water you know like everything flows around the world in some way shape or form just like the sahara desert blows a bunch of dust across the ocean and every year in Florida, I at least see it, that there's like these giant hazy dust clouds. And apparently that's like from the Sahara Desert and true proof that like we're all connected. So um, a lot of things that I do, I try to have like the bigger picture in mind. I think that's why it's hard for me to do things that I don't want to do. <laughs> I mean, like, I definitely have come to understand what I need to do in order to survive and to live on this earth. Like there's definitely the truths of like, say like having a job, like jobs are, are, are so good in many ways. Um, so in the big picture of things, it's good to have a job so you can take care of yourself so you can meet new people. So you can practice a skill and a trade um, big picture. I'm very much about that. I, I love thinking about like, I did get this coffee cup from this established place and it's this plastic lid. I, I don't know if it's recyclable and it, it just makes me think constantly of like the things that I own, how is it affecting the rest of the world? And like, if I'm going to buy something and own something like what's the quality of that item <clears throat> and like how does it connect with the rest of the world and uh my wife and i last year we went vegan we were vegan the whole year and we accomplished it now since then we have eaten meat and i like i've definitely had my fair share of steak and uh, after being vegan for a year it was to really understand holistically like what it all means to be very conscious of what you eat, not just for your health. Cause that it was like two things that really pushed me to be vegan uh, as well as my wife is the, the environment, environmental aspect of like how much energy it takes to create plants versus animals per se. And then it's also the health aspect of like what you're putting into your body. Um, 
everything matters. Like coffee, I put coffee in my body for the sake of wanting the benefit of energy and also the taste and the experience. I think there's a lot that goes into a cup of coffee. Even the phrase cup of coffee, cup of coffee, it's so like comforting. Uh, it really like speaks on like the, the whole holistic experience of coffee. But um, putting stuff in my body, whether it's like alcohol or a sub sandwich, <laughs> you know, like I do try to think of like the bigger picture of it all, even though um, I do often think small picture too. You know, I just, um, I think in life, it's really good to think of the bigger picture and to have it always in mind, especially your daily interactions, because all the small things matter in the grand scheme of things. And that's to say that if you go to a restaurant, the way you treat that waiter, waitress will affect the world. And it's kind of like um, there was a commercial a while ago. I hate to reference commercials because I hate commercials <laughs> but um it was like the pass it on where like do a good deed for someone and then all of a sudden they do a good deed for someone else i think that ripple effect that snowball effect is very very true and it's very prevalent so i think all the small things matter and if you're gonna if you want world peace if you want a good place to live in the future, especially for your kids and for the rest of the world. Like you got to make each micro interaction count. And that means like you got to live in the moment. Like whenever you talk to someone, be there with them and like be curious about them and, and give them a smile if you can, or make them smile, like do what you can to help people help others. And that's like, it's all about saying thank you and please and having like manners with people and being patient. Um, tipping. <laughs> I think if you know someone makes four fifty an hour, you gotta, you gotta help them out. Um, and that's me coming from my, like I, I bartend. And so uh, it, it's a tough scenario, but I, I think tipping such a nice way to say thank you. Um, just uh, all to say yes. that yes it is <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's all to say like we're all connected and every action has a has a reaction and you just hope that that reaction is going to be a positive one yeah so that endeth the main question portion of the show all right are you ready for oh, actually we need to plug in the commercial real fast okay so world Geek Therapeutics wants you to feel like the superhero yeah, superhero who defeated the villain in your favorite comic book. Imagine what it's like to be in an anime character's shoes. Feel proud during the instant you raised your arms in victory after conquering a Dungeons & Dragons quest. And cherish the moment you hugged your teammates after winning that esports tournament. They want you to use geek culture and its artifacts such as video games, anime, fan fiction, comic books, pop culture, esports and tabletop RPGs to unlock the best versions of yourself and others. Approved by the American Psychological Association, ACE, NBCC, and basically almost every major psych organization, CE credit people. Um, for all their trainings and certifications, they're approved. Check them out. Get your continuing ed, your PD, whatever you call it, at geektherapeutics.com. Link in the sec 
link in the show notes, as they say, and use the special links in the description and subscribe to their awesome content and begin to learn how to mix the wonder of fun with bettering humanity. Well said. Thanks. Done it a lot at this point. (laughs) 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 That one's so hard, though. It's it's written well, but like, Jesus, it's hard to get out. (laughs) But hey, world. I prefer that me just read it off like that than you guys like hear the boring. Okay, so if you listen to podcasts, you know how commercials you can obviously tell it's pre-recorded and shoved in. Yeah, I hate that. I'm just like, it's faster if I just do it. Cool. And luckily yeah, the sponsors go. I work with are not the ones like I'm paying you for 60 minutes of airtime, whatever, or 60 seconds, not minutes. So whatever's people. Go check them out. They're fun. <laughs> Definitely like the most effective way. If you just anything live is always more effective than pre-recorded. Yes. I mean, that's a hot take because I could definitely argue against myself on that. But <laughs> at this moment, <laughs> I appreciated that you spoke the commercial live as opposed to a pre-recording. So. You're so complimentary today, Kevin. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you ready for the rapid fire questions? Sure. All right. Here we go. Let's see if it actually goes rapid for the first time in history. <laughs> What are your chosen coping skills? Playing music, playing guitar, exercising, playing volleyball. Oh, okay. That is a lot. All right. (laughs) Team Edward or Jacob? Uh, Who is that? Edward the vampire, Jacob the werewolf. (laughs) Oh, crap. Um, I, I guess Ed. We'll go with Ed. Which direction should you cut your sandwich? Uh, diagonally. And then which direction should you fold your napkins? That's so funny you asked that. <laughs> I work at, I've worked at Disney and I've learned to fold napkins like five different ways. Uh, roll it up. What are the five different ways? Um, you know, like hot dog, hamburger, it's variations of that form. And then the diagonal rolling up form uh when it comes to doing silverware yeah that's the best way wow okay i thought you were gonna say like disney made you learn how to make mickey out of a napkin or something oh i i have not done that yet or or folded animals out of napkins but uh i'm sure that that exists somewhere in the world i could actually do a swan out of a napkin very nice very cool thanks origami um (laughs) what yeah. What gift would you want to get from a fairy? A gift from a fairy? Um, I'd say a wish. Left or right Twix? Left. What's a trend that went too far? Uh, a trend that went too far. Uh, TikTok. <laughs> But it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the idea of TikTok is awesome. But I think, um, well, <laughs> there's, so, there's so much behind that. I just, um, I think some TikToks, like the Oh No song, I, I think a lot of those like TikTok jingles are, the idea of it's really awesome. But how it gets overplayed and overdone and and all that is just so 
it, sometimes it's just really annoying. Does that mean <laughs> you're not going to use TikTok to promote? <laughs> Again, I so it, it, there's so much behind it. It's just um, like social media, our data being used and all that stuff. Um, I have a really hard time with social media right now because what is my data being used for? And when they, I don't know, there's, there's a lot of stuff with, with TikTok too, like TikTok being very like un, uncensored per se. Uh, it cause it can cause a lot of dangers to society. Uh, but that, that there's so much behind that. I just, um, I, I think the trends, they are funny and fun to watch, but sometimes they just get overdone. Like um, Superman, Superman in high school. Do you remember that song? Oh, Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy, not Superman. Uh, Soldier Boy. I hated that song so much. And then it just blew up and everyone loved it. And then everyone's doing the dance. And then everyone, then it like in the hallways in our high school, I remember they were playing it one morning and everyone was doing the dance to it, which like the whole like dance revolution that's been happening the past like century, <laughs> you know, like it's awesome. I think like people dancing and doing dances and whatnot, that's really cool because dancing is such a beautiful art form. And, um, you know, now that a lot of people are learning to dance based off these songs and such, that's really cool. Um, it's just a personal take that I find Soldier Boy very annoying. <laughs> no, it was always an annoying song, but yeah. Also, I didn't get the dance, but that was me being a snob. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. Especially if you're a, a dance er, you're gonna have like some things to say about it, just like with music, like I know when a song feels authentic and when they're just trying to achieve fame and whatnot. And like their message is just about, I, I don't know, I guess we need songs about sex, drugs, and um, partying. Like I won't lie that there's some songs that I've had good dances to and that I've had some good energy to, but sometimes it's just like, ah, the song is just so inauthentic and it, it just feels so like stupid. But what if we <laughs> want to feel inauthentic? Well, that's right. That's true. Like I can't discount or I can't, I can't, um, I can't necessarily insult those things. It's just like music is music and it's everyone's personal taste. So like all those songs do exist for a reason and if it's helping someone that's good you know so in the end it's really just a, a personal opinion thing and everyone's entitled to love the music they want to love yep and that's why everyone <laughs> i've been returning to the bubblegum pop of the early 2000s so oh nice oh yes i've been listening to angel of darkness on repeat for a week oh i probably have heard that one but. Most of the world has cringed at it, except for me, because I actually liked it. I never cringed. Uh, but <laughs> if you don't know what that is, young ones listening, uh, go look at it and learn the wonders that was Europop influencing bubblegum pop. 
crossing over into anime AMVs. Oh, nice. So yeah, I mean that that music's pretty cool too. You know. All right. So, what's one thing that you would eliminate from life? Hate, for sure. I mean, obviously, like we need hate to know what love is, just like we were talking about earlier. Um, ignorance is is something we everyone could do away with some ignorance just just a tad um i think we could do away with waste like i've been referencing a lot of environmental things today i'd say like if we could just like learn to recycle everything and that means not like reuse everything and if all our packaging and whatnot could just go into a container that immediately like puts it back into some raw material that can be reused and remade into something. That'd be good. That'd be very good. All right. So who would play you in a documentary slash movie about your life? That's interesting. Who would play me? Let's see. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of like an actor. It's kind of funny. I've been told I look like um, Mark Wahlberg, but I probably wouldn't want him to play me because I don't know. It seems like he's got a, a different kind of a lifestyle, but I, I would say, oh, let's see. Uh, who's, 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 uh, Captain America? What's his name? Chris Evans. <clears throat> yeah, I'd, I'd say Chris Evans. He seems like a generally nice guy. Nice. All right. Next up is what genre would that documentary or movie about your life be? Genre. Um, it would have to be something like Forrest Gump or like Benjamin Button. It's where it just follows that person through their life. And it's mainly like a serious drama, if you will. But it's got some good jokes in there that you can laugh at. Mm, okay. Uh, if you stick to the status quo, which click would you be in? Good question. Uh, if I stuck to the status quo, which click would I be in? Um, maybe the Dance Dance Revolution click. Nice. <laughs> Does that mean you're good at Dance Dance Revolution? Um, I like Dance Dance Revolution, uh, but I, I don't do it enough. I always thought it'd be cool to like be a part of that that squad. Um, there's like groups of people who like hang around it and like do it all day. Yep. It's a fun game and I'd love to be a part of that group and do that. It's just, um, my life is like in a whole different direction. It's just, uh, I can only do that on a Friday night at like a barcade. I can only just imagine the cardio they do. It's so hard to do DDR. It is. It's incredible cardio and it's just so much it's so gratifying when you like get a string of beats perfect. You know, like it's just so cool. Like what a what an awesome game. It infuriates me. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean that that is the big part of it is uh you gotta learn is that learning curve. Um actually a big thing I keep telling people this past week is like you gotta get twenty five percent into something before it gets any better. Right. Um because it always just seems so stupid in the beginning. Even if you're like creating something, the first like few things of whatever that is, or the first few hours, whatever, is always gonna seem like this is not good. This is not good. And you're like, your mind keeps doubting it. But if you get over that hump, it gets better. Yeah. Uh, two more questions. All right. So what click should you have been in in high school? Volleyball. I think I should have gone into volleyball as a sport earlier on because volleyball is just so much fun. Um, I mean, if sand volleyball was an option, that would be the choice. But I think volleyball in general is just so much fun. Um, I play it as much as I can now with my wife, and um, it's a good culture, like sand volleyball. And it just feels like you're on vacation when you play it, but you're also getting a really good workout in. Although the volleyball team at our high school, they were giants. Oh, yeah. I'm like 5'7", so I would not – I would be a good, like, the person who digs a lot. And like every volleyball team has the short person. I would probably be that person. Okay. I mean, you're taller than me, and that's what I always remember. I was like, <laughs> but we're not giants either. Right, right. yeah. They're, they're really tall people out there. It's crazy. Yeah. I don't envy them. I like being short. People yeah. don't ask me for things. It's great. <laughs> So, if your life was a jukebox musical, what would be the opening song? Um. So, okay. So this is like a jukebox music. Is this like any musical song? So like, jukebox um, musicals are musicals that take songs from like the radio or Spotify that are like created. They're not written for the show. It's just like, oh, I'm just gonna sing like a virgin right now for the fun of it. <laughs> um a spirit song to me is everybody wants to rule the world by um i was like yeah which version <laughs> um by tears for fears nice. i love that song it makes me happy every time you hear it and i would totally have like an opening montage to that song for my life oh what a sentimental answer i don't know i don't know but that does really kind of like excrete the essence of what this interview has been but yeah yeah here ended the rapid fire question portion congrats cool you were one of the faster people i will say but then we <laughs> lost ourselves um oh yeah no i've gone like over an hour with the rapid fire question before because we just keep going on but where can people find you uh so you can find me on instagram at Kevin Voltage. Um, do I put it in this like private chat? Is that? Um, now nah, I'll link it later. Okay, yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, Kevin underscore Voltage is where I'm at on Instagram. Uh, that's where I post a lot of stuff right now and I'm starting to post on the underscore existence. That's going to be like the Instagram page. Um, we are on Facebook, but I, I haven't really worked with Facebook so much and uh, I don't know if I will, but 
mainly Bandcamp is a good place for independent musicians. So that is definitely where, um, let's see. It's in the link in the bio on Instagram, everyone. Nice. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. The links on my Instagram bio and Bandcamp is where you can view the whole album. You can listen to it for free and, uh, it is $8, I believe. Um, and if you want to contribute, you are more than welcome to, but you can definitely listen to it, uh, for free on there. So, uh, definitely give it a listen. And you're trying to get on Spotify, Apple Music, and all those other things. That is very true. Thank you for pointing that out. I think eventually uh, I'm working on that and um, working on how I like to make that all work. So, yeah, Spotify and Apple Music will definitely be the next step. So keep an eye on for that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's how you listen to this show, people. So you probably can <laughs> swing around and listen to it that to Kevin. Yeah, Stone. there you go. There, the existence, everyone. Kevin Voltage, thank you for coming on today. Danny, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure talking to you today. Yeah, because it's been like eleven years. Wow. We're yeah. <laughs> We're moving up in the world. Sure, we'll say that. Uh, <laughs> all right. So for all you satellites out there, that's what I call the fans. If you're new here because it's the new season, whatever. Hey. Um. Oh God. No. Oh, oh God. What What do I say at the end? All I can think of is what my friend says at her, the end of her thing, which is like, uh, stay safe, wash your hands, wear a mask. <laughs> but uh, what do I say? Oh, catch us next orbit, everyone. And I guess bye. God, that was a horrible ending. Whatever. It was a good interview. Season two. Woo. All right. Yeah. Take care, everyone. Thank you for everything. Keep on. Woo. <laughs>